0: Welcome to your home for sports coverage without the bias. This is Totally Unbiased Sports with Josh and Kellen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Totally Unbiased Sports with Josh and Kellen.
1: Wait, were you just mouthing the intro right there? I did mouth the intro. I was gassed. No,
0: I was saying it, Kellen. Uh, Um, I
1: I, I didn't know what was happening there. I didn't know if you were trying to talk to me and accidentally just hit the intro button.
0: No, I was not trying to talk to you. Why would I do that on a podcast? That would be stupid. Well, yeah,
1: that would be dumb. That's a good idea. That would be dumb. Let's just have – let's just say individual statements but not have them actually be yes. um, in relation to what the yeah. person just
0: You know said what we before. actually should do or what I should do on my end is – Yeah, I went to the Rangers game last uh, this last weekend. I do want to ask you about that. Okay. Well, I ruined then, it. I just, ruined it. Yeah. Ruined it. Ruined it. Ruined it. Ruined it. Yeah, okay. see, I guess some we'll of us actual are some of us are gift- what I really need to do on this podcast is click record, play the intro, then let Kellen say whatever stupid thing he's going to say right after for 30 <laughs> seconds. And then when I go back in post-production, just record the hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Totally Unbiased Sports with Josh and Kellen. Because Kellen doesn't talk during that and then we can just go into when we actually start talking instead of the, wait, did you mean to do that or <laughs> we're, we're going now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it, it makes it more authentic that way. Yeah, I know. I'm just, been... I'm just glad that you don't record right when we start talking because that yeah. would be really incriminating for the both of us.
0: No, yeah, I'm not. That That's not it. That's not it. That's not yeah. when you want to do that stuff. No. Um. But wow, Kellen, we had some of the biggest news in sports history. I'm going to say it: yeah. sports history, sports history break. I agree. The other day. And before we get any further, where were you when you bro- when the news was broken to you?
1: I was at work like a good little boy doing my worky work thing. I don't know. And yeah. how did how did you get work. the news? How did you get the news? Um, well, there's a lot of big golf guys in the office, so I pretty much heard it right away just from them.
0: Okay. I think, Why do you ask? well, I just wanted to, because I'm going to get lit up if I don't credit my source who broke the news to me, probably one of the only people in the entire world that got breaking news before the rest of us. I'm sure he had this news before your coworkers, Kellen. That was okay, my dad.
1: Flex on me. That
0: was my dad. Oh. He broke pester. the news So, for those of you what, what who are What time?
1: What time East, Eastern Eastern Standard Time, which is your time zone? Well, what I'm going to tell that news broken to you.
0: I'm going to tell you I I don't know exactly. I can't remember the exact time, but I'm going to tell you how I know that it was quicker than anybody else. Do you remember okay, where okay. this story broke? Where it broke? Yeah. On, on Twitter, right? No. No, it did not, oh. Kellen. The news okay. story came out with the commissioner of Live and the PGA Tour commissioner on Squawk Box on CNBC. So the only people who actually got this news first were the people <laughs> okay. like my dad who were either watching CNBC or my father was driving in the car listening to Squawk Box on Sirius XM. And happened upon the biggest sports story to ever break, basically. There has I mean, been a merger between the Saudi-backed um, public investment fund and the PGA Tour and uh, the World Tour. So that's actually the sports news. I never actually said what it was. But now what were you going to say? Yeah, we, we haven't said it yet.
1: No, yeah. Yeah, Live and uh, PGA are merging. Um, it's... In motion right now. It's not a done deal yet, but it will be. It seems yes. like inevitable. Um, and it's massive news. It's the biggest sports merger since the WWF and WCW merged. Yeah. Uh, I would say Pro- probably bigger than that, some would argue. Um, but I mean, I have a lot of things to say on this that I wrote down, at least. I don't know if any of it is accurate, makes sense, or is even offensive. I don't know. But um, the first thing that I'll I'll say is congratulations to uh, Jay Monahan, the new – now he's going to be CEO of the PGA. He was the commissioner before, I believe. So
0: a little Um, bullet point.
1: congratulations for him. Um, Just – nobody he he made everyone not care about nine eleven anymore apparently yeah. all the victims are totally okay with it now, so that's yes huge on him
0: so basically to dumb this down, the Michael Scott tell me like I'm five um okay, is essentially need, uh, what what I think so it my I'm under the impression I'm dumbing down the dumb down version that I've heard it is. Wait, so you're... Are you Michael Scott right now? And I'm like a dumber Michael Scott? I don't
1: know. Or can you... Are you... Okay. I think that's what probably is happening right now. It might be. Your dad... Your dad, Pastor Borger, is Oscar.
0: And you're Michael Scott. Mm -hmm. And I'm the three... Well, my dad didn't dumb it down for me. But yes, he broke... He did break the news. My dad broke the news. And then I did some research. So essentially... Dumb it where down for me. Where I believe we are at is, we know nothing. Um, what we do, <laughs> what we do know, though, is we gotta know something, right? That what we do know is the PGA Tour is transitioning. They are joining with the uh, World Golf Organization, I believe. Um, I'm I'm totally that. What's the what's the actual name, Kellen? Can you? Let's let's look it up. Oh, um, you're asking. You're the one that's supposed to be dumbing this down. You have now. the notes. You have the notes on there. Um,
1: World Golf Organization. That it that just doesn't sound. I I know that the PGA and <laughs> Live. But it's are not okay. But I it's no. Happening. Oh,
0: so so it's not. It it's a little. It's the DP World Tour. Okay, so the PGA Tour, which we know and love, is, and the DP World Tour. And then the PIF, the public investment fund, are merging. I've heard of that. Okay. So the PIF funds the PIF is the Saudi Arabians. They fund LIV. So LIV not Live is not necessarily like going to merge with the PGA tour. These corporations merged, so you still have the entities of the PGA tour and the Live Tour those two didn't merge but you have PGA is like going to be in control of all of this and they merge with the public investment fund so live the entity of live their big like backlash was that they were funded by this public investment fund and the public investment fund does really terrible things and is just not very, not a really great um, source of money. So Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour for the last year, has been talking very poorly about the um, the PIF funded Live Tour. He has made comments about nine eleven. He came out the one he came out and he said that to Jim Nance, to Jim Nance of all people. He said this. Right in, his, right in his eyes. He looked in Jim Nance's eyes deeply, and he said no one will ever have to apologize for money they earned on the PGA Tour. That was to be fair, less than a year to ago. To be
1: fair to Jay Monahan, the only way you can look into Jim Nance's eyes yes, is deeply. So
0: that is true. That is a great point that, that Kellen brought up there. Um, so <laughs> that, that's really where we're at right now is we don't necessarily – like we don't know details of this merger at all. Rory McIlroy came out and spoke today. Cause everyone was talking about live and yes, it is like a merger with live. It's going to ruin that competition or like, it's going to make them le- I mean, they're going to be under the same entity. So like, obviously there's going to be less competition, but to me, the more we're getting details about this, it seems like the PGA tour is really in control of this. And the players are not upset with the fact that it's happening what what everyone is upset about what everyone is upset about in this situation is because most of the players have said I think in the long run it's going to be good for golf what they're upset about is that for the last year the commissioner of the PGA looked every single player in the eyes and said don't leave be loyal to the PGA tour we'll take care of you don't take their money, and then criticized where the money came from. And then all of a sudden, here's the PGA taking all this money from the Saudi-backed uh, public investment fund. That's really, like, in a nutshell, yeah. I think, what's happened in the last 24 hours.
1: And, okay, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll I want to talk on this as well. But quick side note before I do is we should just do a segment where we have to explain – Convoluted business deals every week. Um, we really I thought should. You did a great job. We uh, should look them up. So, uh, but a couple details have come out about the deal. Yes, seem it, it seems like the PGA is that they're completely in control of all the content, the tour, every, everything on that end. But they all their sole investor right now is the PIF or whatever you want. Yes, to, that, that and they control the rights to any potential new investors too. So yes. essentially, I mean, Saudi bought golf um, is what yes. it looks That's That's my take on it. Um, I don't know if that's completely right, but that's what it looks like. And the concern, like there, there's obviously concern from the players on the tour uh, or uh, players on the tour are upset over the way mm-hmm. uh, Jay Monaghan went about this. And they should be upset. They should be really angry. And I'm, I'm with them on that. But there's also concern about like where the money is coming from. Um, like, you know, is that. I, I don't know exactly like uh, no in- background to the, so- the, the Saudis backing this and everything. But uh, if you're making connections as the commissioner of the PGA to 9-11 to this competitor, that's a significant allegation that you're bringing against them. And now you've just decided to merge with them. So that's, that's really concerning to me. It's just like, like it's a result of the live tour having just an endless supply of money that they can't really compete with. And uh, the PGA and live were going back and forth uh, suing each other. There's, it's just going to be, it was going to be a mess for the PGA. Yeah. To not merge with them, just so, settling all this stuff in court, it seems So, like,
0: like basically, where where you're also at with this is you have, right, you've got this merger now. No one knew it was going to happen, but when you look at the two entities, right, everyone's trying to pin, the, like, figure out what happened. I mean, if you look at Liv, they have all the money in the world, correct? They didn't make any money off their tour last year. They made virtually no revenue. That's not a good business strategy. Like it doesn't really work. And then you, so I I believe that some of the players were starting to like have that had joined Live were starting to kind of wonder: Am I gonna get like what's going on here? Then if you go look at the PGA Tour, what do they what do they have? The Live has money. They have unlimited money, essentially, but nothing else. The PGA Tour has the TV rights. They're with ESPN, CBS, NBC. They have the TV rights, and they have unbelievable sponsorship deals. Co- corporations are staying away from Liv and sponsorships and everything, and they have a TV deal with the CW, so no one's watching these athletes play unless they play in the majors. No one's really watching live. It had terrible TV ratings. And so I think from like both spots, it was kind of like you look at the PGA tour and you go, what do we not have an endless supply of money to pay our players? And what does live not have? They don't have the TV deal and the sex appeal and the tradition and everything. So I think that's kind of where this really all stemmed from is it's just like, if we kept going and playing this out, I would bet anything the PGA Tour survives and Live ends up dying off. Now, where the biggest I, issues, I, yeah, yeah, and I,
1: I 100% agree with that. And that's where, like, I think if the PGA didn't want to ever like merge with Live or anything, where they definitely messed up was letting these Live guys play in the majors because you could have mm-hmm. just completely isolated them from PGA Tour, never let them back on, and they're. They would have never been heard from again. They would have made you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, a lot of money, and they would have had plenty of money to retire. But nobody would be watching them ever. And no. you, like if you're if you're not getting any viewers, like eventually you'll die. Yeah, in Saudi, uh, the, the PIF or whatever, they have endless supply of money. But athletes also want to get exposure too. They and do. You're not going to get any of that. Um, and a great example of that is what just happened with Messi. And yes, signing with inner uh, Miami. He got offered over a billion dollars to play in Saudi Arabia for three years. And he turned that down because of the opportunity that it was presented to him with an MLS yeah. team. Um Not to get too excited. No,
0: we can talk. We'll talk about. I do want to talk that about later. that a little bit later. But it is and it is, it's just it. We've never seen anything like this in sports. No one really knows what's going on. I'm under the impression, as is just about everybody else though, we are like, we have gotten no answers and it's, you spend a year talking about how the money that Liv is giving is so dirty and how could you live with yourself by taking that money and all this stuff, you have... Rory McIlroy losing friends. He goes to bat for the PGA Tour. You have some guy, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy went out and they lost... Like, genuinely, they lost friendships over this. You have... Like, it has been so contentious. I want to know... When was the last time Rory McIlroy went to a press conference and was only asked golf questions? It's been over two years. He's been the face of the PGA Tour. And it does get... listening to Rory's press conference today, it did sound like he was a little more in the loop than everybody else. And he kind of knew, but it's just, it's like, it's hypocritical. It's so hypocritical what he's done. And I'm okay with, I'm okay with it. I'm not necessarily like, I'm not necessarily even upset at the PGA tour for taking this money. I want to know what changed inside of his mind. Why is it all of a sudden now okay? Like, that's the that's the question that it still has not been answered. Because if you're so adamantly against something for two years, and then all of a sudden, seemingly overnight, which I found out is a four-month span, but overnight, you change your tune completely, and you can give no real answers as to why that is. I don't know what the answer that people would be happy with is. I genuinely don't. But Yeah, there's no answer that, that people
1: would be happy with because the answer is just, it's the it's the money. It's 100% the money. Um, and it also raises questions of like, hey, is I, I now I've heard rumors of uh, Saudi buying an NFL team or something like that. Like where it, it's, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, it is,
0: and I mean- but if you look at if, it, if the- you
1: look at like all the people that are trying to buy sports teams, it's the most like sound investment that there possibly is because it's impossible to lose money when you're buying sports. Team. Yeah. Um, so like, and why wouldn't they want to get involved enough. in that? So I don't know like how much deeper they're going to get involved in American sports, but I think it's going to be a lot more because the PGA just proved like, like what's most important to them is the money. And um, that, I mean, that's basically it. Like, yeah, it's, it's all about the money at
0: the end of the day, and it it sucks. And like, I mean, like the biggest thing is the player. The players didn't even know, and I feel really bad for the Canadians. I do. I genuinely feel so bad for them because I don't know. I don't know if you know this, Kellen, and you can feel bad for me after I tell you this. The RBC, um, Open is. The Canadian Open, it's the U.S. Open in Canada, whatever. That's the equivalent of it. It's Canada's biggest golf tournament. Okay, they get it once a year, just like every other big tournament. It's not a major, but it's Canada's biggest tournament. And last year at this time, new around the open, news came out about Live, and everyone was talking about Live Golf, and no one was talking about the actual golf tournament. Then this year, it's. It's the first We It's Monday. We're all fi- or It's Tuesday. We're all fired up for practice rounds. Everyone, like, we're going to talk about the, uh, the Canadian Open, and it's going to be great. And this bombshell drops. So now two years in a row on <laughs> the only golf, to, like, <laughs> the only time Canadian golf is getting, like, exposure, where no one's talking about the actual golf tournament there, and it's a good tournament. So I just want to, like, you know, I feel bad for
1: them. Josh, you're you're gonna you're gonna love this right here. You ready for it? Yeah. I don't feel bad for the Canadians right now because they got bigger fires to put out. Come on. Nice. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I really. I, so. I was. I honestly, I didn't hear a single thing that you said. I was just waiting to drop that line right.
0: No, there. I could tell. I could tell you just completely zoned out. Um, <laughs> Monahan meets with the. Um, players at the RBC open yesterday and essentially how I envision this meeting going is sort of the, he gets up there and he, sh- he makes a statement. Then he's like questions. And then they're like, yeah, I have a question. First off, how dare you? And that's, that's it. And then they start arguing, but I, we can move on from this. Cause like I said, we don't really know a ton what we, but Take everything out. This is the most impressive sports deal in history, the most impressive sports deal in history, and the reason it's the most yeah. impressive sports deal in history, it's not because of the money or anything like that. It is the fact that Jay Monahan, and the Live CEO and P- Piff guy, all managed to meet over a four-month span without anybody knowing they played rounds of golf together. They went out to dinner together. They did public things and nobody knew the fact that they kept this silent in today's day and age is singly one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it's amazing. I agree. It's a, It was just a huge, like it felt like a news dump almost,
1: like with how out of the blue it was, mm-hmm. uh, because no nobody saw it coming. Like I didn't think this was going to end for a couple years, and I didn't see this being the end result to uh, the the rivalry between the two leagues. No,
0: it's just it's insane. But hey, I mean, you know, it it, it, it we're gonna learn hey, a lot. Josh. What?
1: Props to us for explaining that decently. I think
0: we did an okay job on that too. being
1: a couple dum-dums.
0: I do, too. And I just uh, genuinely, we don't know enough. Like, I've been listening to some PGA radio, things like that, watching it. Like, no one really knows anything. And first take was kind of off base on all of this today. I was in a... um, I was at lunch and they were playing a replay of it or whatever. And like they're That's yelling
1: for watching first take.
0: I didn't willingly I said I was at lunch. I didn't willingly do it. You could have um, you closed your eyes and turned off your ears. Just saying. No. And so I like Stephen a sitting there go like complaining and talking about it. he's like, I don't I don't know his entire take, but he was basically listing off all of the American like the businesses that we have here that we go to regularly, like fast food chains, things like that, that have are backed somewhere along the line or funded out of Saudi Arabia. And like again, I don't know like how to emphasize it correctly. That's not the issue that everyone has at this current time. Yes, that might be an issue. That is not the big glaring issue. The big issue is that for two years, you had a man adamantly tell everybody, like, and publicly criticize anyone that took money from them, saying they are scumbags, then overnight just took, like, goes and takes all of the money and does the exact same thing that he criticized, and he can't give any real answers. It's not like... That's kind of my thinking on this is it's it is not the fact like it is but it is not really the main uh, thing is not uh, no oh, sorry the main like the main thing is not the fact that he took the money it's and where it's coming from well it's not the where it's coming from it is the fact that he took the money after spending an entire year telling everybody you're a terrible person if you take this money and bringing up nine eleven, Like, that's a scumbag move to do. He's one of the biggest scumbags in all of sports, in my opinion. Like, I just genuinely think he is one of the biggest scumbags in all of sports. It's going to go down as the biggest sports deal in history, but he is one of the biggest scumbags in, to ever grace sports with his presence.
1: Yeah. You're you're kind of cutting in and out on me, but I heard scumbag like ten times there. Eight. Well, angry. yes, I assume you're talking about Jay Monahan. So yeah, Jay no, Monahan's a
0: scumbag. Facts. So,
1: um, well, do you want to move on to uh, basketball here now, Josh? We got the NBA finals happening, and um, some I mean, game three is happening right now as we're speaking, and currently we're in the third quarter. Nuggets are up sixteen. Um. Miami is a fourth quarter team, so I'm not yeah. gonna chalk this game up to anything right now. So we'll see, uh, but it's been a fun series so far for me. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's just super high quality basketball. Like these two teams are teams. They they play very team oriented basketball. I love watching the ball movement, the defense that Miami's been playing tonight on Jokic has been really fun to watch because it's really physical. They're just trying mm-hmm. to uh, they're just trying to get away with basically as much contact as they can on Jokic and um, seeing how much the refs are going to call, which is, I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable strategy. It's not, it's not dirty. It's not cheap. I'm not, I'm not saying it's anything like that. It's just like, that's the way to play Jokic sometimes, but um, in the second half, the Nuggets are making adjustments. He's getting the ball out of his hands a lot quicker uh, and he's putting shots up really, really quickly. A lot more decisive with the ball, more decisive than I've ever seen Jokic and I've, this this, it's just crazy. Like how much I've always been a big Jokic fan. I'm falling in love with this dude in this series because Mm -hmm. he just does not make a mistake on the basketball court. He like, if you want, I'm not a hockey guy, but if you want a comparison to like how much better he is than everyone else, he's Connor McDavid right now in the NBA. He's just that much better. He's by far the best player in the league. And He's like, he's showing how good he is because he's gotten to the N- NBA Finals now and he's playing a great defense, a great team in the Heat. Who's, I mean, they, they've they been the biggest surprise in the playoffs in a very long time and he's just dominating them. Not every player in the Nuggets are, is doing that, but Jokic has been doing that consistently. Uh, my thoughts on the series so far is. I would be like the I thought the Nuggets would just run away with the series after game one. After game two, not so sure. And Jimmy Butler has yet to get going for the Heat. And will, that's a really scary thought for the Denver Nuggets that because he should at some point, right? Will you Jimmy Will imagine. Jimmy
0: Will Jimmy Butler get going though? Like
1: I don't know. I don't wanna I don't wanna speak too highly of him again because last time I did he just laid a fat egg for the rest of the series. So, yeah, uh, I think he will because I like I know the type of player he is and he's very talented and he's a great competitor and you know, he wants that ring just as bad as anyone else does out there. So I don't know, but it's going to be a fun series. I think it's I think it goes seven. I could be okay. completely wrong and the and the Nuggets could just run away with it, but The reason I think it does go seven is I don't know what the hell Michael Malone is doing head coach of the nuggets, but for some reason he gave the heat bulletin board material, which is what they've been thriving on this entire playoffs. Like that's, I think that's what's propelled them past every team that they faced so far is just them saying something stupid to get them motivated. And after game one, he said, we'll let Bam Adebayo beat us, like take as many shots as he wants and then in game two, Bam Adebayo beat them. That's exactly yeah. what he did. He torched them. Uh, he and, and that's the tough part like with playing Jokic is he's not the best defender. Um, he's not a bad defender, but he's not Bam Adebayo out there either. Um, and he's been great. I don't know. Like, I'm waiting for Tyler here to return because wh- why isn't he in the lineup yet? I, I, I don't know. Like He just adds a completely different element to the Heat team where you got to space the floor even more and account for a, just another shooter out there. Caleb Martin started to get going. Uh, it's a fun series. I'm excited. And, um, like, I'm so far in on Jokic. If he gets this ring, the Nuggets are going to be a dynasty, dude. They are. Really? Dude, because Jokic is such an unselfish really? player. Superstars are going to want to go to Denver and play with him. Because Didn't of the they type afford- are they use. willing
0: to spend the money though?
1: I don't know. I have no idea. The NBA finances and salary cap is the most confusing of any sports league out there. So I have no idea what they can do. Uh, but like you see, superstars wanting out all the time in the NBA and demanding trades. Like the players have so much power they can essentially demand like where they get traded now at this point. And if Denver says we want someone and the, and a player says we want to go there, they can make that happen at any point in the season now uh, before the trade deadline. And certainly at any point in the off season, it's it's like that much of a player run league at this point.
0: sick league.
1: I, I think it could happen. Jokic like I'm thinking some things about him right now, Josh. I really am like, I'm thinking like he could be the second greatest player of all time. Like, that's what I'm starting to think about him. But he can't
0: play defense. So, you just said, you just told me he couldn't play defense. How can you be one of the best players of all time and not be good at defense?
1: Well, that's why I would list him at the second greatest player of okay. all time because you have the most complete player in NBA history, Michael Jordan and he'll just never be passed. But a lot of people seem to think that LeBron James is the second ba- best player of all time. And he's a horrible defender. He he can be good, but he chooses not to try. At least I see Jokic trying, and he's tall, and he can block shots, and he okay. gets rebounds, like defensive rebounds. So he has value on the defensive end. Like I don't think he's a total net loss, but he's never going to be an NBA first-team all-defensive player and an NBA second-team all-defensive player. Um, he's just going to be there on defense, essentially. But he's I so mean- good offensively. He can shoot the three as a big man. He's the best big man passer ever, ever. That's just... He's already that. He's so amazing. Um, wow. And like I said, like he just doesn't make mistakes. Like you're not going to force him into a mistake. You can like, even when he looks like rushed, he's just got such a smooth shot. He doesn't take bad shots. I don't know. Like his game's just flawless. I don't have enough, like I can't say enough good things about him. He, and the, the, the Nuggets might lose this series at the end of the day because the Heat are a really complete team too. I don't want to speak too highly on the Nuggets because like, I love what I'm seeing from the Heat as well, and they got a great coach in Spolstra, and
0: it's a fun series. No, that's good. And I did – I mean, we talked about this. I want to backtrack just a little bit here. Um, We talked about this a few episodes ago when we did our initial preview of the NBA and NHL finals well before the conference finals were finished. We talked about how – I asked you the question, what happens – when two, these two teams play each other in the finals because both of them have thrived off, thrived off of the Bolton board material and played the underdog. So what happens when the two underdogs meet? And I think it's interesting that we find, like, we have our answer. Now we get to see how that unfolds because Denver came out, threw down the gauntlet a little bit, and maybe not smart. I mean, they're, they're dominating the absolutely dominating tonight. The heat are completely in the, like they look lost. They look a little bit discombobulated. They don't, they don't, they, it looks like the team element has been taken a little bit away from the heat in this game three, um, at least in the last, you know, quarter or so. And they just seem a little bit discombobulated and Denver sort of taking it to them. So I, I'm interested to see what, what happens in this series. But like, I think it's, I, I would have thought that the second that was said, like Miami was just going to run away with the series based on the way they've played. So we'll see. No one really wants to actually claim the home court um, advantage in this series, but that's fine. It'll go seven, hopefully. And maybe we'll get to see some good basketball if that's yeah. even possible. Yeah. So, yeah, we had so kindly given you the N- NBA and NHL finals preview weeks ago. But now we get to actually talk about the series. We've covered basketball. Miami, they're dead. I'm sorry, Kellen. They're dead. I think they're dead. I'm going to go with dead. Because you know who else is dead? The Heat are, the heat are dead. The Heat are oh, dead. Okay. And okay. You, know what else, you know who nice. else is dead? The Panthers are dead. The, the Panthers are dead. The, the Pees. They've, they've never been more deader. The Fraud Panthers are completely dead. The biggest frauds in sports history. This is a joke of an NHL final history history. Wow. Wow. They're bigger frauds than the Boston Bruins this year. Yep. Yeah, that's right. But the, the team that beat the Bruins is a bigger fraud than the Bruins. How, yes, how does are. that
1: make sense?
0: It, I don't six, know. I don't know about does. that one. No math major, but the math works out. And guess no, what?
1: No, that's not. <laughs> yeah. I could tell you're not a math major. Cause that math does not work out. Actually. I'm
0: just saying They're frauds. It's an embarrassment. You talked about how the NBA Finals has been a great series. It's been great basketball. I've seen some of the worst hockey of all time. Everyone's been coming out. And again, I was right. I hate that I was right. I hate being right all the time. It sucks. But I was right again. Because I said, from my personal experience, the Penguins have played against Sergei Bobrovsky a lot. Bobrovsky has been... Before a great goaltender, the Penguins have always somehow managed to figure out Bobrovsky. Okay, once Bobrovsky is figured out by a team, he is horrendous against that team. And I've told, I've said it to many people. I've said, you know, just wait. Bobrovsky's playing great hockey, but once he gets figured out, it's not going to go well. It just won't go well. And Florida's getting boat raced. Vegas has
1: take what does it take for a team to figure out a goalie? Like I, I always thought like, Hey, like a goalie's either hot or he's not. And that's why I was like concerned about, you know, the Panthers blowing out the, the hurricanes in the, in the Eastern conference finals was night. Now, now they got a lot more rest in between and you can't really ride the hot hand as much anymore, which Bob Barofsky was, he was yes. like standing on his head that series. That's what I always thought it was. Like, what, what, how have the, um, how have the Knights figured out Bobrovsky? So
0: it, it is, it is a little bit of that, I think, because Bobrovsky was just so in the zone. But there's just a sort of when, when you're, and maybe it figure, maybe figure out isn't the correct words, wording to use. All of these other teams, the entire story has been Bobrovsky. They can't beat Bro- Bobrovsky. Yes, Matthew Kachuk's played really, really well, and I'm going to talk about his line here in a little bit because they've sucked in the NH- in the Stanley Cup Finals. But Bobrovsky specifically has not been superhuman. That can be due to a bunch of different things, but like, wh- you ne- there weren't bad goals he was giving up. The second you give up a bad goal as a goaltender when you're in that run and the way Vegas plays, they jump on it. They get that confidence, and as, as someone who's shooting the puck, when you're going against a goalie who has made all of these saves and been standing on his head, you are thinking, but like even if it's subconsciously, you're thinking like, you're second-guessing what you're doing with the puck. You're like, he's going to stop that, okay? It, it's you come down and you start second-guessing. It's the same if you're going against a defender, whatever it is. When you're playing someone that is that hot, there's a lot of that, oh, second-guessing, double-clutch, maybe you make an extra pass, maybe you don't. When you're playing a goalie that you kind of feel is reeling, you're taking any shot. You're taking bad-angle shots. You feel like, hey, this puck could go in. Anything I throw on net, that could possibly end up in the net. So it's just it's a different mindset, and it's a lot more freestyle of hockey to play. And Vegas got the benefit of Aiden Hill playing out of his mind on the other end behind them, because I Florida's still getting a decent amount of shots, and then Bobrovsky just he's not up to par, and no one else is, no one else is helping him out. And Matthew Kachuk's line, I've praised Matthew Kachuk all playoffs long. I've thought he was fantastic. He had a great line. No one could solve them. They were getting the puck in deep bodies on bodies playing textbook hockey and driving people insane this series they get caught up in the physicality Matthew Kachuk has taken a 10-minute misconduct I believe in both games we're two games in he has not been available for his team his line has completely imploded they're getting knocked around and they just can't get any like they can't get any help from them themselves. They're taking stupid penalties. They're doing dumb things out there and they're not playing the game that got them there at all. And it is hockey is a big game about adjustments. I mean, all sports are about adjustments, but like it is, especially when you get to the Stanley cup finals, I feel like that's where you see it the most. Cause in my opinion, at least, and it, it varies the Eastern conference and Western conference, are kind of two completely different styles of hockey. This year's a little bit different. They're a little closer, but, like, I'm going to reference the Penguins, not just because of the Penguins, but it was just, like, the, I mean, like, you have years where the Eastern Conference is usually a lot heavier and harder to get through. It really is. It just, genuinely, it's a lot harder in the East to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Western Conference, I feel like it's a, it's historically a little bit less physical and things like that. And it's a little bit more high scoring. The Penguins, the years that they won, they came through and it really wasn't the physicality necessarily, but like it was they were going and play they go and they play San Jose, who has good defensemen, and they play um, Nashville, who has good defensemen, but the Penguins played the style that just was. It, it beat them. They got the puck deep. They were playing a stretch pass kind of game. And so you see the two styles clash because I don't ever really feel like you get two styles that match each other in, in hockey. It's, it's completely, I mean, I don't know if it happens in the NBA as much. I don't follow it. But I feel like in hockey you get two completely different roads to the Stanley Cup Finals. And whichever team is able to keep playing their way, usually does better. And it looks like when Florida played Boston, Florida came out and they said, we're going to play our way. They go play Toronto. They said, we're going to play our way. They move on. They're going to play. We're going to play our way. And they did it the entire way. And now it feels like instead of being the best at playing Florida Panthers hockey that they can, they're now worried about what Vegas is doing. There's a certain power you get when you're a sports team. And Vegas is sitting there going, it doesn't matter what they do. We're going to be the best at playing Golden Knights hockey that we can. And in any sport, when you have a team that is just like, it doesn't really matter who the opponent is, we're going to go out there and we're going to be the best that we can possibly be because you wholeheartedly believe you are the best in the world, in the country, whatever it is. That's hard to beat. And Vegas is just playing very, very well. They're under the skin of the best players on the other team. And good players don't yep. like people in their space and they don't like it. So it's been it's been a disaster for Florida. It's been great if you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan. I mean, they they're making
1: Matthew Kachuk look like like what Jamie Benn looked like in that in that mm-hmm. last series, like just doing dumb stuff, putting his team in a bad situation. He's been the best player in the playoffs so far. Is there anything Florida can do to get back to playing their game and get back in the series or what, what can they do? They
0: 100% can and where it's going to have to start and where it's going to have, it's going to start and it's going to end with the Kachuk line cousins, Kachuk, And I think it's Sam Bennett. They need to just go out and play hockey because they are the best line in the playoffs. They're fantastic. They like, Vegas's best line has been their fourth line because they've been playing a simple style of hockey and it wears on you. Florida's power play has been terrible. So what I mean, really it's as simple as if you take the special teams out of the games five on five, you're looking pretty good. What you need is Matthew Kachuk to not take a stupid 10 minute misconduct penalty. Cause if he's not available, nothing happens. And then you really just need to try and stay out of the box as a whole and their power play, because it's not like they haven't been getting power plays. Their power play has been horrendous. So they get the two days off. Next game's tomorrow night. Um, they get the two days off for the travel. I think that's I think that's huge. I think it's going to give them a chance to reset a little bit. And it it does also have that feel to me. Is Vegas was there in 2018? They have six or so. Players, maybe it was I. I think it's six. I might be wrong. Around six players that were on that team who are the heads of their, you know, the main guys, the core of that team. Florida's never been here, so there is a little bit of a different. You know, you get once you get that experience. The Blackhawks didn't didn't have that. The Penguins losing in two thousand eight was the greatest thing that's ever happened to the one of the greatest things that's ever happened to the Penguins organization, because that was where. You know, Crosby, Malkin, latang they all learned. They sat there and they went, this sucks. We never want to be here again. And you really don't know what it takes to win until you've either won or you lose. Like, you have to get there before you can think you know, but you're never going to understand. And even if, like, all the Vegas players say, we were just happy to be there. When they played Washington, they were just happy to be there. And now they know what it takes and they know that extra step. So I don't know if Florida can get there cuz Vegas just looks hungry. It looks like they want it more and it looks a little bit like Florida's like, "Hey, we made it. At least we made it here. We didn't expect to be here like." So I think if they just play their game and stop trying to get involved like get involved with all the extracurriculars, it doesn't matter. Just play hockey and you'll be fine. Let everything else go. If you're Ve- if you're Florida and you aren't good enough, you can take solace in the fact that you're not good enough. Like, it's okay. You're an eight seed. You're not good enough. But don't leave having not played the best hockey you're capable of. That's where you'll regret it for the rest of your life, is if you go out in the next two games and you lay stinkers, you get swept or something, and you just didn't even play your best hockey. I mean, Matthew Kachuk missing over a period of time being in the penalty box in two games, that's bad. You can't have that not that's, out of your best player that's horrid. so that's the i mean that's yeah that's the nhl it's it's bad for them well, so that, great breakdown love it uh let's uh we'll
1: flip things uh to the last sport that i have notes on for my for myself is uh baseball we still have that we're we're in full swing <sighs> yeah, with thanks. baseball thanks for and this. uh i just want to mention real quick uh some big news broke i think it was yesterday no mm-hmm. I don't even it, was. it was there yesterday it but was jacob de grom is having an yeah sing
0: it. Fly away. you got to be talking why for me oh
1: why well, I, I, I don't know do, how do, how do, it, it, do, i want to listen to the song do, do. well you
0: it's yeah. like the humane society no, but commercials i know i know but i just i do
1: it but i i can't i want to listen to your voice i well i haven't okay. heard josh sing in so long now i'm usually really, singing you're on the one podcast is like the ford um yes the f-150 um for sure yeah we get we're sponsored by the ford f-150 we Uh, are but i'll i'll keep going while you pull that up uh jacob Degrom is getting tommy john surgery and his season is over for the texas rangers uh great i love it um well now i lose my train of thought though unfortunately too okay no i'm back i'm back It's his second Tommy John surgery, which is usually where a pitcher's career is kind of over. And you could see it in his press conference where they were breaking the news. He's very emotional. He's crying. He looked like he should have been playing on the Detroit Lions. He he
0: cried. Um, Dan Campbell actually just signed him. uh,
1: Yeah. So his MLB career might be over, but he might have a very promising NFL career um, for the Detroit Lions. So that's great news for him. Uh, and yeah, it's really unfortunate. He's the, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the cost of being able to throw a hundred miles an hour and having pinpoint command, but he hasn't pitched at all, basically the last three seasons. And when he's healthy, he's the best pitcher in baseball. And it's not really close. Shout out. He hasn't been healthy, which, which means he's not the best pitcher in baseball right now. The Rangers, however, are still a great team. They they have the yeah, best offense in baseball, best run differential. They're starting pitching. I mean they they've been out they've been without Degrom for a while here. They've had really good starting pitching. Their only issue has been the bullpen so far. And you know they're going to trade for some arms because you know they're going to be right in the thick of things. They've been the probably the biggest surprise this season. You knew that they would be better this year because of some of the signings that they made. But the big signing that they made was Degrom like Simeon and Seager they were both there last year and Seager's been hurt for a majority of this season and now he's back yeah their offense is insane every starter has an OPS over 800 right now one through 9 that is unheard of 62 games into the season they I, I don't think they keep it up but like they're still obviously going to be they're a fantastic team yeah, they're really fun to watch. If you want to watch fun baseball, which is runs being scored, watch the Texas Rangers. They're really fun. Unfortunately, no Jacob DeGrom, who's really fun to watch as well, but Evaldi's pretty nasty right yeah. now, and he's he's going to be a Cy Young candidate the way he's pitching. So, also. Uh last baseball news that I do have is uh, there's an apocalypse in New York City thanks to the Canadians right now. So um White Sox game got delayed tonight for tomorrow. So uh, sorry. Any other baseball news or do you want to comment on the Jacob deGrom or Rangers Um no but didn't
0: No uh no I'll talk about it in a minute. Um didn't a Mets game get delayed for rain when there was no rain or something like that? Or did an indoor... One of these games got delayed for rain that shouldn't have been delayed. And I can't remember what that it sounds... was.
1: That sounds like something that could have happened. I know one time... Well, to keep... This is totally off. Like, it really doesn't... But one time when Cal Ripken was trying to keep his um, consecutive game streak alive and he had, like, a bad back or something or he either... Or he might have went to beat up a guy that was cheating on his wife. I think it might have been... Uh... The famous actor, I forget his name now, not that that has anything to do with it. But they they called for a rain delay when there was no rain to keep his consecutive streak alive. Um, That's so, fantastic. Side note, right there. But was that your baseball news that you had? Was there was a rain delay that had nothing to do with rain? Yeah.
0: No, I have other stuff I want to talk about, but I it comes later in segments. So maybe we should just do segments. Okay. But I also Let's have- do segments. Let's do kay. segments right Let's now. Let's do segments. Let's do them. All right. Coach of the week, Kellen.
1: Coach of the week. I have um, Rick Ross's strength coach. Because Love that. Why did you? There's a video uh, circulating the interweb of Rick Ross benching 400. Benching, you need, I'm using air quotes right now. 415 pounds because checks out. In no world is Rick Ross able to do that. Rick Ross is like he's not a buff dude. He's just a fat person. And he was benching yeah. it with ease. So there's, he, he's not doing that, but congrats to his strength coach for getting him there or at least get, convincing people that um, he's faking that. I don't think anybody was convinced by that, actually. But he, he tried to – I'm basically saying Rick Ross tried to put out a video to convince people – he put out a video trying to convince people that he can bench 415 pounds. And he's just a big, fat dude who cannot do that. So that congrats yourself. to his strength coach.
0: That's awesome. Um, my he was, coach, like, of the week... pumping it like that, dude, he was like oh, doing no that. Way. I'm like, no, I'll have to dude, go look no it up. Way. There's yeah. no way. So uh, my coach of the week is uh pirates manager, Derek Shelton, because the pirates went on a six game win streak and then they played the Oakland days, right? They play a three game series <laughs> against on. Oakland. They play a three game series against Oakland, or they were on a five game win streak going into a three game series against Oakland, right? That's going to be an eight game win streak for sure. That's going to be awesome. Nope. You lost to the worst team in baseball history. So congratulations. Yeah. You're terrible. The, the the they don't even want to be in their city and you lost to them. The most runs they've scored since like 2011 in one inning was given up by the Pirates today. So it's just it's it's hor- they didn't just lose. They got blown out. They got the brakes beat yeah. off of them by the Oakland A's. So Derek Shelton, you should be fired. The the division leading Pirates maybe the half game A's back, pi- now. the half game back. Pirates, sh- fire Derek Shelton. You're fired. You're done. That was pathetic. I'm not renewing my season tickets next year. Also, the the Braves did just lose a series to the A's
1: too, which is really weird. Like I don't know what's happening in Oakland, but I saw after the first loss that the Pirates had to the A's, the A's starting pitching improved. To a three and twenty-two record, with a six point nine nine ERA, they improved to that, Josh. So,
0: the Pirates scored two runs. In the Pirates scored two runs in that game.
1: <laughs> I don't want to talk about
0: it. God, yeah, it's so bad.
1: Oh my god. Uh, player of the week, Josh. Who do you have?
0: Oh, my player of the week is Florida Panthers news reporter. Um, let me. S- Samantha, Samantha Rivera. I don't know if you saw this video. She was doing a news report after the game, after game two, after oh, the Panthers yeah. lost and a Vegas fan tried to get on to the news with her. And she stiff armed this guy. Wow. She bodied that dude. She bodied him while continuing to talk. So she was like the, she was basically saying the Vegas fans are very happy. Um, and there's a lot of cause for it or whatever. Cause the Panthers didn't play well tonight. And then she, so she's talking about the fans. This guy tries to run and she goes, don't be this kind of fan or something like that. She's like, this, these are the worst kinds of fans. Then she, and then she tweeted out the video. So she's just, she stiff arms, this guy bodies him out of the way. Wow. Why talking. wouldn't she tweet out the video? That Keeps was going was great. So she yeah. tweets out the video and she's like, can't wait to get back to Florida where the fans aren't assholes or something like that was like her, yeah, her comment. It was, it was great. So she's my player of the week.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great choice. Um, And that dude probably had a good 100 pounds on her. Yeah. Oh, it
0: was a big dude. She's not a a big dude.
1: And she's not a big person either. No, it was a big dude. Yeah, she's uh, definitely deserving a player of the week. Uh, My player of the week, I think he might have been my player of the week last week. I don't even remember, but he's my player of the week so much. It's Michael Jordan again, because Dana White came out and said uh, that (laughs) to promote his new slap fight league or whatever, um, he said that... MJ would beat LeBron in in a slap fight. Oh, that's he said fantastic! He's a better competitor. So Michael Jordan just a, just better in every facet of the game.
0: I love that. That so is congrats. amazing. I'm
1: I'm I'm in on it, and um, I love you, MJ, and uh, you're always the goat. And Jokic, you might be number two. Let's uh, go, fan base of the week, Josh.
0: So my fan base of the week, the first one, well. My first fan base of the week, I'm going to do two here. It's CFL fans. The CFL is back starting tomorrow. The Blue Bombers play Friday oh, night, so I'm fired wait, what's up. What's
1: the draft then? When, when no, the you draft? just
0: select your players. It's a salary oh. cap. Go oh, your- so I need
1: to do that tonight.
0: Yes, Kellen and I are in a fantasy league. <laughs> Kellen and I are That's in a, a CFL go. fantasy league, and there, yeah, there is no draft. You select your players, $70,000 salary cap. You can pick your players. I think you can change them at any time, so people can have the same players. You just got to build the best team with the seventy thousand. So, oh, it's wait, it's
1: wait, like so we can both have like the exact same quarterback at the exact if, same time. Yes,
0: yes. Kellen, this is Canadians. Do you really think yeah, they're not going to no. share? They're being polite, okay, guys. Those those socialists over there God, in Canada. You're such an idiot for thinking that a fantasy league would only allow you to have.
1: Yeah, yeah. They have to so, do this. Sorry Tell for they... thinking that. That. that I, I. apologize for thinking this. That this fantasy football league would have operated like every single fantasy league I've been in. But for
0: but if you do okay, if you do think about it though, if you try and put together, we have an eight-team fantasy league going. That's okay, more yeah, teams not. than the CFL has. <laughs> Wait, how many CFL teams like, are there? Well, that's, that's one less than the CFL has. Okay, so, <laughs> so you mathematically, are still not the math
1: guy on the podcast.
0: Mathematically, if, mathematically, if you're trying, though, to Josh, do like a big fantasy league, there wouldn't be enough players to individually draft players to actually do a fantasy league true. if you had yes. a big one. But that's Josh, why they have to
1: do it this way. You just said you just said that eight is greater than nine. I never want to hear the word mathematically come out no, of your mouth. Then again, I thought please. about it first. I didn't remember how
0: many there were. Oh my <laughs> uh, god. Okay. All right, I didn't all right, say that. that.
1: <laughs> I have oh, a master's did. in com-
0: my master's is in communications, not math, Kellen. I you know what? You're proving no. that point tonight. So I, yeah. congratulations. I man. know.
1: Well who's your other fan base of the week? I think
0: we'd rather have a communications than a math major on a podcast. That's all I'm saying. Um but my other agree. one is Mets fans no because, because they dodged a bullet.
1: Mets fans?
0: Mets fans. Okay. I'm not well, doing this with you.
1: Well, is it uh, the Carlos Correa bullet? Because they've bitten a lot more bullets as well.
0: I said they, they dodged the bullet on uh, DeGrom by not re-signing him. Oh, him that was yeah. So you can take solace
1: Unfortunately for them, everything else is going yeah.
0: wrong. Oh, right yeah, I, Okay according to, to frank be, the tank wait well, all my wait up- to, okay. Okay. no so, no everything my, else is going wrong <laughs> kellen they're under 500 it's a dumpster fire wait. in in new york
1: like okay they i think they're exactly 500 or a game under 500 right now but all my problem is i do think that the mets are at all times 20 games under 500 because all my updates come yes. from frank the tank that's and fair that, like, it's just doom and gloom from him uh, at all times uh my fan base of the week, Josh, is inter-Miami fans because they just got Lionel Messi, uh, yes! who is at, like the, he, he chose Heard them song, over though. Saudi Arabia, which is, which is great. Uh, he, Saudi Arabia offered him a $1.6 billion deal over three years. So he turned that down and... The reason he did is he got like what um, when David Beckham went to the LA Galaxy yeah. he got like a partial ownership and like a bunch of um, mm-hmm. uh, royalties on on um, merchandise that was sold for from yeah. him. so he he became a billionaire off that deal. Uh, and Messi is getting that deal I think like times 10 where he gets uh, a share of like all the tickets that are sold, a share of all the like merchandise that's sold. And he gets like partial ownership of Inter Miami. He's getting like a great deal. Like that's why he's going there, obviously, because he's just gonna like play easy and, soccer. He's gonna score a billion goals and, and make billions of dollars. Now, yes.
0: So he's going there because this is easy. He doesn't have to try in oh, the MLS. He's gonna dominate. And, he but he's playing to. on turf. He's on turf now. He doesn't have to try at all. Yeah. It does. It, it would be it. the equivalent of me or you playing our respective sports against, like, two-year-olds. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't and, have to try playing and, and, hockey against a two-year-old. He's not going to have to try in the MLS. Yeah, joke. It's a joke. It's it's great time. Like, I'm glad he won his World
1: Cup because, like, yes. now he's just accomplished everything, and now he just gets to become rich. Now he's, he's going to go win the MLS.
0: He's done everything else. He's like, yeah, oh, I might as yeah. well go do Now America, he gets right? to win the biggest one yet. He gets yeah. to win the American one,
1: so that's, that's huge on him. Uh, I'm really really happy.
0: Congratulations yeah. to Messi on becoming a soccer player today. Yes,
1: hey, yeah, what one from football to soccer, yes. but not not the best transition. But um, do you have a tweet of the week this week, Josh? I
0: don't actually have a tweet of the week this week, Kellen.
1: Okay, I I don't really have a tweet of the week. I just have a funny headline that I read. Um, this is from yeah, like a while me. ago, and, but it's a it's an Arkansas football. Uh, headline yes. from like early two thousands or maybe the nineties. Um, but it's just, it resurfaced on Twitter and I wanted to read it according to Nut Dick to replace Johnson against the Cox. That's the best headline I've that's ever fantastic. heard. That's fantastic. I love it. Uh, <laughs> the head wow. coach's name is Nut. the quarterback is named Dick. The backup is named Johnson and they're playing the South Carolina game Cox for
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, That's but the this headline.
0: Show, wow. Yeah. No no better headline. So, yeah. on that note though, I think this is the show. I yeah. we can't top that.